0: had a little handwritten sign on paper in the window. that said a dozen day old donuts. So yesterday's donuts for $1. So my mom goes, wait a minute, maybe instead of buying you a dollar donut today, I can buy you a dozen donuts from yesterday for a dollar. and You can take those to school. And if you can sell them, you can make your lunch money that I give you every day and you can have your own donut. And so I was up for it. She bought the dozen donuts within a week or two. There was just a line when I got to school of kids waiting for those donuts. They were selling out. And so buying the donuts. Yeah. And again, encouraged me and reinforce that belief in myself that like, wow, you know, if I try something, if I go for it, it'll work. And look at all this demand. It was exciting for me. Yeah. So I can get into every little nook and cranny of my life, but really that's what I always look back to when I'm asked that question about where it all started for me. It's really those two moments because everything after that is just me having ideas and pursuing them.
1: Well, I'm excited to welcome in my brother Rain Madi of Zip Fox. How we doing, man? Doing good. How are you, bro? I'm good. You know, we uh, we're both coming off some some nice Fourth of July's, some fun, some fireworks, some family time. And I'm not now, sure I even asked you. What did you do? I um, told you what I did. Yeah, we so we we did a little pool party hopping. Uh, you know, huh. me and my girls—they're like fish right now. You you know, in Cali, I mean, you get a little nicer weather down south, but <laughs> we're the dry heat. You know, it's been hundreds up here Oof. so we've been by bodies water as much as we possibly can when we go outside so we um have you heard of lifetime gyms no so life man it's lifetime Is it a chain gym. up there it's i mean it's all over the nation now they, they went oh, public, okay. i think a couple years ago oh, okay. um but i mean it's like a straight city in there they've mm-hmm. got i mean you can get massages your hair done your nails done they got you know cafe alcohol they've got daycares i mean it's it's amazing um what's so that go-
0: membership What's the membership fee? So, bro? we're one that of the That sounds
1: expensive. <laughs> we're it, it is, and we're one of the founding members like we signed up in the trailer uh, before they even broke ground. Uh, and they've been around I think 7 or 8 years in our area now. We pay like a little shy of 400 a month for four of us, which is not okay. terrible. Not terrible. New, new membership for one person is 225. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you got the in the trailer deal. <laughs> we got the in the trailer deal, but it was That's one of cool. those things where, you know, for me I'm like, you know, There's, there's definitely, you know, health and wellness there. There's a cost that comes with that. And, and it's, it's an investment that I will make 10 out of 10 times and not even blink an eye at it. And the fact that now all of everything that we want is really under one roof, instead of me having to take my kids, you know, to daycare, they give you three hours of free daycare. That's awesome. Every single day. So we take advantage of that. They've got Spanish class, gymnastics, oh, that's awesome. karate. I mean, so it's like instead of me oh, driving a over here and driving over there, it's all under one roof. So we enjoy that. So we went there. They had a pool party, yeah. and then we went over to some friend's house, and you know, we had a bunch of illegal fireworks and shot <laughs> nice. mortars. And uh, my buddy got me a bunch of stuff from Texas. And I will say, the fireworks are bigger in Texas. They were they weren't they? Lying on that. Yeah. Yeah. So we we had a good time. It was, it was fun. And you were at what? At a MLS game, hanging with the fam at an MLS game.
0: Yeah. Funny story actually. So I was supposed to go with a friend of mine. I bought tickets a while back. It was the home opener. Then it rained like mad that day. And so they canceled the game and they moved it to 4th of July. And I remember us both going like 4th of July, like we're going to be doing stuff with the families, but He said he was still in. He's a firefighter. A lot of times he ends up working that day, but he had the day off. And so we were going to go last minute. He goes, Hey man, I can't go. My wife's giving me a hard time about leaving. I can't go. So I said, fine. We have some friends who have family members that work for LA galaxy. And at the last second, they weren't going to go. And they sent us a bunch of tickets. First, I was going to replace my buddy with my son and we were just going to go. And yep. we got a big batch of tickets. So the whole family went oh, out. Oh, that's awesome. Watch LA Galaxy versus LAFC. We sat front row. There were fireworks going off when they scored goals. It was
1: just awesome. 80,000 people sold out. Great time, man. That's, you know, that's, uh, and I, I know we'll unpack, you know, kind of your entrepreneurial journey, but you know, that, that's, that, is, that is lifestyle design, you know, checkbox to a T right there, right? Love it, dude. I love it. I love it. You know, um, it's kind of funny. I wanted to go
0: back to this thing that you mentioned about the gym and how much it costs. You know, they're like, if you can find something that excites you and allows you to kind of stay engaged with that, it's worth every penny, right? um, it's really important to have those things. Cause you're going to some boring jam. You're paying 50 bucks. It's a good yeah. deal, 40 bucks, but you hate going there. You're yeah. not
1: going to go a hundred bucks and you get all these things and you love going there. That's a steal, man. 100%. And yeah. one of my early mentors said this to me and it really kind of changed my mindset around how I look at, you know, cost versus value. Right. And he said something, whether it was, you know, he's like, whether it's an employee whether it's, you know, sit in front row at an MLS game. Yeah. The cost is one thing, but the value is a different perspective that he's like, wealthy people look at value, not cost. Right. And, and I was like, interesting. So as we started talking more about that, there was one statement that he said that I have always thought about today. Hmm. And he said, you can never pay enough to get exactly what you want. Mm. And I, that like really resonated with me because... You know, sometimes people are like, man, you're paying that person that salary. Like that's, you might be overpaying for that person. And he was like, I'm getting exactly what I need out of that person. Absolutely. And it is worth it to me. Absolutely. I'll pay to go to that gym and get everything I need. It might be more than most people feel the cost is worth. For sure. The value that I you know, extract out of that. The ROI goes beyond just me getting in there and working out and exercising myself. It's for my family. It's for our lifestyle. It's all the memories we've created there together.
0: 100% priceless, right? priceless. Yeah. And it's so hard to like find those things that mean that much to you. So how can you be cheap about them when you find the value? Finding the value is hard enough as it is. Yep. I've been a salesperson pretty much my whole life since I was a kid. You know, I've been a salesperson by nature. That's who I am. And I am the easiest person to sell. I love to be sold because if you can find me something that I want, if you can bring me value,
1: I'm happy to pay you for it. Please find me and bring me value. You know what I mean? You, you, you respect that. Uh, especially as somebody from that side of the fence that you know, what goes into it. Right. When I, when I get a good salesperson that is bringing that value to the table, instead of selling me on, you know, the certain bells and whistles of what it can do you know, I'm gonna see through all that. Just yeah. show me the value and give it to me at a cost that makes sense, and I'm yours. You know what yes, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So, how did how did you begin this kind of entrepreneurial journey yourself? Obviously, you said you've been in sales your entire yeah. life. You, you know, and we're gonna fast forward to today where, you know, in 2021, uh, your packaging business got acquired and sold. Mm-hmm. Nice exit. Mm-hmm. You started something that really is transforming you know, the uh, the the products marketplace, especially with everything going on with yeah. China, you know, Russia, all the geopolitical kind of turmoil that's going on. Yeah. You and I talked about Mexico kind of being the next frontier of what feels Absolutely. like amazing opportunity, democratizing, you know, that space. But yes, take me back to the beginning, bro. Like where did where did this all start for you? Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process and in many scenarios it's just wasting the time of both the buyer Forward slash Mindcast. That's LinkedIn.com forward slash Mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com forward slash Mindcast and get started.
0: I've had conversations with people about this particular thing that I'm going to mention. And there's kind of two schools of thought. And one is that it's something that's inspired within you or developed within you. And then there's other people who feel like you're born a certain way. Mm. It's hard for me to break from this feeling that I was born the way that I am because I see the way my mom is, the way my dad is. Now that also kind of lends itself to the thought that maybe I was, um, you know, that I was, that I was inspired or affected by their presence in my life, which that could be true too. I guess I'll never know, but you can look back all the way up my family tree and there's somebody like me at every stage. So my mom's an aggressive kind of, you know, salesperson, go-getter personality. My dad, they're both entrepreneurs. They're both go-getters. So I've always been that way. And, uh, and, you know, certain things that are kind of core memories for me that feel like they shaped who I am today. I remember being a kid driving around with my mom and pitching ideas to her like Shark Tank, and her just I don't know if they were any good, actually, but she just encouraged me like nobody else. She just told me every idea that I gave her was just the best idea. And she wanted me to expand on it and tell me this, tell me that, oh, that could be wonderful. And I don't know, like I said, if they were just BS ideas or what, but she sure convinced me that my ideas were great, (laughs) you know? And I think to be a salesperson and to be an entrepreneur, that's the key ingredient is that you have to believe in the vision that you have. And so that to me is where it all started, right? If you're a salesperson, you have to believe in the product or the service that you're selling. Otherwise, you can't do it with the right integrity and intensity and passion that you need to get somebody else bought in on it, right? Yeah. Um, And the same thing as, any type of leader or an entrepreneur, if you can't take that idea that's in your mind and believe in it enough yourself to get other people inspired and bought in on it, then you're not going to go anywhere. So that for me was the beginning was believing in myself at that early age. And then, you know, along the way doing little things like I've told this story before, but just briefly, my mom used to take me to school every day and buy me a donut on the way to school. And one day we went to the donut shop. They had a little drive through and it's still there today. I love taking my kids there because it's just nostalgic for me. Nice. And you go through the drive through and they had a little handwritten sign on paper in the window. that said a dozen day old donuts. So yesterday's donuts for $1. So my mom goes, wait a minute, maybe instead of buying you a dollar donut today, I can buy you a dozen donuts from yesterday for a dollar. and You can take those to school. <laughs> and if you can sell them, you can make your lunch money that I give you every day and you can have your own donut. And so... I was up for it. She bought the dozen donuts and, you know, within a week or two, there was just a line when I got to school of kids waiting for those donuts, you know, and they were selling out. And so- buying the donuts. So, yeah. And, and that, again, encouraged me and reinforced that belief in myself that like, wow, you know, if I try something, if I go for it, it'll work. And look at all this demand. It was exciting for me. Yeah. So I can get into every little nook and cranny of my life. But really, that's what I always look back to when I'm asked that question about where it all started for me it's really those two moments because everything after that is just me having ideas and pursuing them.
1: Yeah. I love that you kind of talked about too, like that, that belief, because a lot of people have ideas, but they don't always believe in them. And when I look at the greatest salesmen or the greatest movements, like there's one core piece of the puzzle that I think all of them have, which is they are evangelists and 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 believe so deeply in what they're doing that no matter what obstacle, how hard it is, how long it takes, it's not a matter of, you know, if that belief is going to come to fruition. It's just a matter of when, right? And totally how how have you fostered like your 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 belief in yourself, right? Because everybody has the doubts. Mm-hmm. But like, how have you found a way over the course of time to you know, continue to expand that belief and 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 build that confidence as an entrepreneur, knowing that so many people face challenges, hardships, and get their ass kicked along the way. Totally. Yeah. I mean,
0: just kind of on that on that same point, like my my wife's parents, they're not entrepreneurial. You know, one of them retired from Coca-Cola as a driver, and the other one is wrapping up her career as like a head nurse in the uh NICU at children's hospital, you know great people, great careers. They've done very well for themselves, but not, you know, entrepreneurial. And they always say, man, it's so amazing what you do. You know, uh, we could never do that. And I hear people say, you know, we don't, you know, I just don't have ideas like that. And, and, you know, you kind of just mentioned a lot of people have ideas and, and I don't believe that at all. I think everybody has ideas, but there are some people who have that idea or that epiphany, that moment. And they say, I'm actually going to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And they take a step, and they take another step, and there are other people who bat it down before it ever has a chance, and that's it. I do not believe for one moment that there's a person walking this earth that's lived a full life into adulthood that never had an idea about something in the world that they thought could be better, you know, or that they thought they might be able to contribute to the world. I think everybody does, but it's about the courage and the belief in yourself. So, for me, um, the reason why I've continued to believe in myself, and I'm sure it'll be the same for you, is. That I've actually validated that that confidence by doing things right. First step is believing in yourself. Then you try, and if you're lucky enough to have a couple successes, like wow, they do really want to buy my donuts, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then you go, oh, for sure. Like I'm not crazy, yeah. And yeah. from there, you can't tell me anything because now I've tried, I've believed in myself, I've gone for it, and I had success. And then that builds a momentum where you like, even if I have failures now, I'm rolling through it because I know, yeah, that I can be successful, right? Um, so. And if you're lucky enough to have a couple of successes, even small early on to really drive that point home that, no, you are really good, then I think you're kind of inspired for a long time. Now, everybody, you know, you can go through periods where you're, um, you know, everybody has hard times. Everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. meets adversity and has hardships. You might have moments in business or in life that, that things get difficult and they can be difficult for an extended time. And hopefully you've got enough fortitude and you've got enough of a track record that you can think back and remind yourself that even though you're in a dark period, that you still have it, you still have what it takes and you'll make it through and you'll persevere. Um, A few businesses that I started um, didn't work out. And when I started my packaging company, before I started it, I thought back on maybe the two or three most recent attempts that I had had. And in that moment, it all became clear to me um, that, you know, each one of those businesses where I stopped, I had reached what I thought was a dead end, but it was really just a speed bump. Mm. And in every pursuit that you have in life, you're going to reach this part where it gets really difficult. And if you perceive that as a dead end, you're going to stop. But it's not a dead end. Even if it is, maybe a cul-de-sac is the way I always picture it. Like you're driving into a cul-de-sac and you go, well, this is the end of it. But what you're supposed to do is park in the end of that cul-de-sac, get out, walk through the houses, through that rough patch, keep going. And when you get down there past the trail a little bit, all of a sudden it becomes this road of paved, you know, paved with gold. Mm. And so I thought back specifically on the recent two or three businesses. And I said, you know what? if I would have, instead of doing this, done that, or tried this, that actually could have worked. It was a great idea, but I just yes. didn't keep going this one. If I would have done this and, and literally sitting on my couch, staring at the ceiling like this, I figured out the, the, the solutions for those three failed businesses that I had stopped. And I go, the problem wasn't the business. The problem was I thought it was the end and I quit, but I could have kept going and those all could have been great. So I committed to myself. In that business, I said, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to quit no matter what. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care what comes up. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And so that was kind of my mantra from the beginning was like, I'm not stopping no matter what. And thank God I did because it got brutally difficult, brutally difficult. And, um, and we kept going and, and, and then it gets better. So it's just like that analogy, you know, you kind of get out of the car, you go through an even rougher patch. And then when you get past that really rough patch, it starts to get smooth, and anybody who's had any amount of success
1: knows that they can relate to that, that journey for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. I I think you know, like you said a little bit earlier, the more you you take some of that action, I mean, because yeah. pain is 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 a necessary part of the path of progress. Because really, pain is oftentimes just the greatest teacher. If you take sure the time to to take a step back, reflect, retool, figure out how to optimize, take the next steps going forward, it's when you when you really stop that you know, is, is when you lose. And That's it, yeah, the more I've gone through, cause I've, as we, everybody I talk to on this show, everybody's got, you know, these majestic failures that ultimately were <laughs> stepping stones that led them to one of those big successes and wins. But as you go further down that path, you almost kind of desensitize yourself to the fear and yep. desensitize yourself to the challenges and your mindset shifts and why I love doing this podcast, why I love talking to people like you, Rain. Mm-hmm. And, and so many entrepreneurs is, I believe that entrepreneurship is like the greatest self-discovery path that any human being can go on on this planet because it is so far beyond the, the bumpers that society put on so many people. 100%. And, you know, so many people just stay small, accept whatever the mainstream narrative is for what is possible in their life, but it's the people that kind of have more access now to these kind of conversations. It wasn't around the boomers. It wasn't around with the the controlling narrative was do this for this long and get that. Right. And then as time has gone on, things have evolved. Conversation circles have gotten a little bit more open and accessible. Now you've got, you know, this, this, this kind of culture of like, Hey, entrepreneurship is amazing, and right. I want to see more people go and because innovation, you know, continues to spawn out of all different kinds of cool areas that entrepreneurship creates for the people that you know. I think um, have an idea and 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 want to go and do something. Like what do what do you say to? I'm sure you talk to a lot of new, you know, entrepreneurs and people that want to be wealthy. They want something bigger in their Mm -hmm. life. They want to just go, maybe follow something that you know they uh, feel drawn towards or pulled towards, right? Because like I know, for me, when I talk to a lot of people, there's kind of like this stigma where entrepreneurs like to talk bad about people that are you know working the nine to five, and the Mm -hmm. people that are in the nine to five are kind of you know feel a certain way about entrepreneurs. And my thing is like, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's based on what you feel called to. Like, if you're that's the the right answer. If you feel in the nine to five that you're happy and you're stimulated and you're challenged and you enjoy being a part of a team and a bigger mission and you know, and that's your purpose, there's nothing wrong with being in a nine to five forever. That's right. If you are in a 9 to 5 and you're going man, I I'm not happy. I feel like I, I got something more in me to give. I got something more in me to accomplish, to to solve, to impact. Then that's something to to listen to and and think about. And, and if and too. if
0: fear is the only reason that you don't
1: do that, then it's a problem. 100%. So that's when it's wrong. So when you when if you're one of those people and you feel called to something bigger, like what are some of the basic X's and O's, or maybe things that they can think about or do that you looking back on your journey now would be foundational dots to connect if you're going to go down that path.
0: Evaluating an opportunity. Mm. I mean, the basics, you know, and it's funny because, like you said, I probably talked to a lot of people about this. I literally had this conversation yesterday, you know, with a guy that I know. Um, first things first, you know, I look at it like this, you can make money doing anything. So the first thing that people get distracted by is money. I don't think that that should be your guiding light is you can make money doing this. You can make money doing that. Oh, you found out about somebody making money. Let me go chase that. Don't chase that. That's ridiculous because you can make money doing anything. Yeah. When I need to make that point visual to somebody that I'm standing with, I'll point around the room and I'll say, look, the person who made the paint that's on that wall, that paint company, millionaire, the person who made the windows or the material that they use to make the windows, both of them millionaires, the people who built this structure, millionaires, the people who, you know, come in and clean this thing and they've got cleaning people all over the place millionaires, you know, maybe on varying levels, but yep. you can make money, everything around you as an opportunity to make money. So why would you chase something? Cause somebody else made money and you think, well, I need to go do that. That doesn't make any sense. So, um, but with that being said, you do need to make sure that whatever you're thinking about pursuing, you believe that there is a market for it. There's demand for it. And you're better suited if you feel like you have a unique angle. Um, It doesn't even matter if it's a saturated market, as long as you've got something unique. For example, coffee is probably one of the most saturated markets you can think about. There are people still doing well, creating new coffee companies, simply with maybe branding, you Mm -hmm. know, marketing it towards military or conservatives or liberals or, you know, whatever is, it doesn't matter, whatever it is just branding it. Or I even started a coffee company once before. And my angle was we had the most flavors of coffee in the world. So I found this distributor that had like 150 flavors. um, And they just sold bulk, you know, so it wasn't like a retail facing kind of thing. Uh, They were B2B. And so, you know, we had like a a blueberry muffin and white chocolate raspberry and all these things. And it was a subscription box. And it actually did pretty well for a second. So I just feel like, first of all, Go after something where there is opportunity, which again, there's pretty much opportunity everywhere. But try to have a unique angle if you're in a saturated market. Um, and you know, and if you care about it, that's even better. But I also say like think about the guy who started post it. I'm sure he didn't wake up every morning just on fire about the fact that people needed to have these little booklets of paper to stick on things. Maybe that was exciting for the first few months. Thank God after, he did, bro. Thank God, thank God, he, God did. he did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've got mine right here too, you know. Every, who does it, you know. Yeah. But 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 I'm sure there was something more to it um than those sticky pieces of paper. And what I've come to find out is that it's the process and from the beginning mm. that's what you really should be focused on. Is the fact that you're going to embark on this process of taking whatever idea it is that you have in mind, something that you're interested in, something where you've seen a solution that you can offer to the world or make something better. And you're going to embark on a process where you're going to develop that thing almost like you're building a robot. You know, you're going to put on the arms and put on the legs and you're going to tinker with this and that. And at some point, you're going to flip the switch and it's going to come on, it's going to come alive. And that's a really exciting moment. And then as you continue to build, you're going to iterate on that robot, on that business, and you're going to make it better and faster and more durable. Um, and and it is a process. And so preparing yep. yourself for that mentally, um, and then and then just starting to take steps in that direction. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, that's that's the basics. I really look at creating a business as being an art form. I think it's really kind of like a, a uh, underappreciated art form, you know, because uh, do, do you agree or no? Oh, 1000%. It's an art form. And, yeah. um, and, I, and that's the way that I think about it. You know, the thing that you're creating is an art. There's a name, there's a logo, there's an approach to the market. There is the processes and systems that you create, which are the business itself. There's the product or service and how you develop that. And all of it is very much so an art. Um, so, okay. So that's all big touchy feely stuff, but really to get started, I personally enjoy, especially depending on if like, if you don't have a ton of money, maybe, you know, I really like ideas that I can try without spending a ton of money. I like when I can give something a shot. And I can find an MVP that's, you know, not more than maybe a few thousand bucks or even a few hundred bucks. Matter of fact, my packaging company, I spent $75 to start that company just to put up a Wix website. Um, and I think the way that I approach everything is how can I get an MVP, a minimum viable product? How can I, How can I create the earliest version of this concept, something that is presentable to my target audience, the people that I think would be interested in this, how can I get this into a form that I can start to offer it just so I can dip my toe in the water and see if anybody actually cares, validate my idea. I don't even care if I'm really making money on it right away, but that's great if I can, but can I, can I validate that there is true genuine interest in this and that I think it could have legs and get to that point as quickly as you can and start testing the market. And I also believe that you should continue. Now, this might vary depending on the type of business, but I also believe you should continue being focused on making money first and not doing all these things that Mm -hmm. people do. Now, I'm getting real basic for you here, but I don't like to go out and get a bunch of paperwork done. I'm not going out and trademarking this and copywriting this now, you know, to each your own, but I'm not going out and spending six you know six months and forty thousand dollars on paperwork before I've even made a sale and figured out if there's you know revenue. revenue revenue focused revenue focused man um and I think you know you'll do yourself you'll yourself a, a big favor by approaching a, a business that way so so that's that's I don't know that's kind of the way I think about it. How do you yeah. think about approaching a new business?
1: Yeah I mean I, I think you 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 touched on a lot of things. You know there's a lot of people that entrepreneurship you know it's 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 usually when people are being exposed to entrepreneurship it's always the wins it's always the big success stories it's always the tip of the iceberg and so i think yeah. for a lot of new entrepreneurs there's and i love the energy i love the excitement mm-hmm. i think a lot of people romanticize what goes into being a successful entrepreneur shit's hard yeah. there were many times that i wanted to quit i i often like to and i don't mean this the wrong way cuz i'm one of them i'm i'm a glass half full i'm an optimist yeah but i'm also a realist and i and i think as you get into this world of business building and entrepreneurship especially you know as you've had many experiences like we've had yeah. where you get your ass kicked yeah um I want people to be real about the journey that they're embarking on. First and foremost of having the right mindset around the fact that this shit is going to be hard. And in the mm-hmm. beginning, you're going to have to make sacrifices. And if if they can say no matter what gets put in my way, this is the lifestyle and the path that I'm committed to, not just for the next year. This is the path you're committed to for the rest of your life. Whether it's the business you started with, because I think we can both, you know, agree on this one is we've had many different businesses that have maybe been decent, good, Mm -hmm. you know, great, Mm -hmm. failed. Mm -hmm. And all of those have been kind of stepping stones. If you would have told me I'd be owning hotels and in hospitality when I first started entrepreneurship, I would have said, sounds fucking awesome. Like if that happens, (laughs) I'll be stoked, but I don't, I don't envision that. Right. So I think, you know, having that, that perspective of, crock pot versus microwave is for sure I'm in this for the long haul. And I know that if it takes one year, five years, 10 years, 50 years, this is a path more of lifestyle design and the vehicle of how I get there might change and evolve over time. Yeah. So I think that's number one. Number on two, that note, on yeah. that note,
0: just to unpack that a second. Please.
1: Yeah. I, I, cause I agree with you so much. And I think the
0: thing to add to that is that in order for you to approach it that way, You have to be burning for it. Yeah. Like you have to be so fucking fired up about doing that that you almost have to pull yourself away from it to go make sure that you keep a balance in your time. I gotta go hang with the family. I gotta do other stuff because you just wanna keep going at it over and if you don't have the obsession, don't even fucking start because it's gonna get so hard that it'll deter you even if you are obsessed, if you don't start with that level of intensity. You know you might get lucky but most of the time there's going to be no hope for you because when you hit that inevitable dip you're going to quit it's going to get too hard it's not going to be fun
1: are you interested in boosting your income by an extra fifty thousand dollars this year if so you're going to love what i've got in store for you i am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind which will include myself and 25 other hand selected investors You know, and, and I think to add to that, that word obsession, right? It doesn't yeah. mean you have to be obsessed about maybe the product that you're selling. Now, that's oh. great if you are. My obsession when I first started was not going down the path of corporate America. That was my obsession. Mm, mm. It wasn't real estate. Real estate just happened to be the vehicle that I ended up finding that was Tied to my obsession of not having to go down that path. And why then, did
0: you? Why was that
1: such a? Why was that such a negative uh, idea it, in your mind? To me, it was. I came from two parents that were in corporate America their whole life, mm-hmm. and I saw it was a very uh, thankless path for them. It, they were very disposable. Um, it was not the lifestyle that I had wanted. Uh, I wanted something that had unlimited earning potential. I wanted to be in a space that I could design the impact that I had, not somebody else design what they wanted for me. Um, And of course, you know, when you're young, I wanted the lifestyle, I wanted the the freedom, the flexibility. You know, did um, you think all those things from the beginning, or is those are those those in hindsight? You thought no, I really, I really did. I called it my I called it my hit my my career hit list. And I kind of I remember when I moved back from college. And I had this nice little expensive piece of paper, and I was living at home. I had you know a couple hundred bucks in my savings account. Um, I, as I was interviewing for jobs that were like thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year, I was like, "Man, this is not going to do it. Like, this is not what I want." And I was like, "Well, what do I want?" Yeah. And so I really started to ask because our brains are powerful. You ask the right questions, your brain is going to go to work and trying to figure out the answers to it. And so I started asking myself, like, "What do I really want?" And at that time. You know, I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted freedom and flexibility in my own schedule. And whether that was working 100 hours a week or saying I'm working 10 hours a week, um, I wanted to be in a space that allowed me to create impact. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted, uh, the last piece was I wanted to be in an industry that allowed me to build wealth. And so mm-hmm. it was either be a business owner, going to financial services or real estate. And so that's kind of what led me down that path. Wow. Um, But my obsessions have evolved over time, you know, and I'm in a season right now where my obsession is being the best dad and present dad that I can possibly be. And that obsession has led me to being that much more purposeful and intentional with how I'm running my business, who I'm bringing into my business, what leverage I'm creating, how I'm scheduling my calendar. So the obsession doesn't always have to be about for most people that are, you know, listening to this, right. it doesn't have to be about the product that you're selling or the service that you're selling. like Or about you working obsessively, no. like
0: extended periods of time obsessively. It doesn't have to be that either.
1: Right. And so, so I, my obsessions have evolved over time. Yeah. but Smart, um, So I think that's, I think that's something, you know, for people listening that are maybe starting or wherever you're at in your journey is. To think about what is really driving you every day and using that as the lens in which you say yes to things, no to things, and ultimately how you structure your time, your commitments, yeah. um, you know, your business and your life. Yeah. And that's where I think, you know, for entrepreneurs that are very successful, they're very aware. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I'd li- be lying and say that money doesn't motivate me because it does. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that it's such an amazing, powerful tool that one selfishly will impact my own life. Mm-hmm. It impacts my family's lives, but it also gives me the ability to impact so many other people's lives as well. Yeah. Is money a motivation for you? Same way that it is for you. Okay. It's it. Well, so it's, it's a
0: motivator for me because now materialistically I need very little. I don't, I like. Once I get, too. dude, once I get beyond the point where, uh, basic necessities are not a concern because I've been on that side too, where I'm like, ah, oh, we're going to, how are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to, you know, all this stuff. And well, once sure. you get to a point where you're not thinking about it at all, you're at the grocery store, you don't look at prices anymore. You just going, you're just living, you know? Yep. I don't really need much past that. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me yeah. personally, I mean. I'm the legacy same legacy and generationally, it's, sure. But for me, I don't need anything else. After free it. from worry. I don't, free from worry. And I yep. think that's, I think that's a basic human necessity. I don't think that's me. I don't think that's individual. I think us and our instinct, we're looking for survival. And that basically Security. means I'm going to survive. I'm not worried about food, shelter, safety, yep. right? Yep. 100%. So that's the biggest box that you can check. And, that's what people who don't have money don't realize when they see rich people, they think they want all that stuff. They don't realize that you accomplished 99% of that happiness right there at, I don't yeah. know, a hundred, 150,000 a year or something. Like most of the boxes, 200, whatever it is, most yeah. of the boxes are checked there. Yeah. You know, everything after that is like, eh, you know, yeah, you have Really. have is. a different motivator beyond that point because the money won't matter anymore. Not that much, not enough yeah. to get you up and get you going is all, oh, you know, you've got to have other things that matter to you. So.
1: Yeah. I was talking with my mentor. He's worth a couple hundred mil. and, And he was like, Man, every step and stage of this journey that I've been on, I've legitimately had to reinvent myself. Have to. He's he's like, I feel like I'm 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 like, you know, if I were to go look back at all the different chapters and seasons of my life, you know, I've I've had to reinvent myself and reframe my mindset, my habits, and my discipline. And I'm reading, um, uh a new book that just came out um by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan called 10x is easier than 2x mm. bro it's it's one thing. of the best books i've read in a minute um and it talks about how every level you know when you get to that ceiling you find a way to break through what got you there as we've all heard this statement before is not what's going to get you to the next level and he talked about like yeah. there's that the prato principle 8020 20% of what got you there is going to be something that you keep and will get you to the next level. But mm-hmm. 80% of what's going to get you to that next level is going to be new relationships, new habits, new ways of thinking, new, you know, opportunities, new moves. And so it kind of reminded me of like this evolution, you know, the, the mat that started, you know, I was doing open houses and door knocking in the hood, you know, nice in a three piece suit, trying to figure out how I was nice. going you know, to, I could see that. Check. I could see that in you, bro. <laughs> and, 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 and that respect, person man. versus where I'm at today. I mean, there's probably six or seven versions of me. That's gotten me here. And I know that, you know, totally. where I want to go is going to probably require another six or seven versions 100%. of me. Right. How do you take time to sit back, reflect, appreciate where you're at, but based on where you're going, figure out what you need to do differently.
0: Mm. Uh, you know, nobody controls these seasons of life or these chapters of life. So it's for me, I'm a person who I'm a reflective person. Um, that's something that I think I learned. Uh, I was an only child, and there was a time in my life where I had a lot of family trouble, a lot of fa- a lot of problems in my family. It was super dysfunctional, and I spent a lot of time at one particular age, I don't know when, sitting in my room on my bed staring at the wall and this is still how I go into deep thought quite often is just like being by myself and kind of staring off into space yeah and thinking back on all the things that had happened and making sense of them rectifying them you know um this wasn't my fault i didn't do anything wrong here that was that person and that's not right and that's okay and this and this and this and this and so that's become a practice that I do subconsciously is reflection. I think reflection Mm. is the most important practice that we can have for mental health, for business, for anything. Yeah. Reflection. And so many of us are just caught up in the now, now, now we're so eager, so desperate, so hungry. We're thinking forward. But a lot of times the answers are in reflecting on what we've already done, distilling some learning from that, and then moving forward with, um, with better context. Right. Yeah. And And so So for me, that's it, man. It's just, I'm always, I'm always reflecting. I'm always reflecting
1: on what- Is that a morning routine? Is that an environment that you plug into every day? Is there like a reminder on your phone that it's reflection time? Like, how do you tap into that?
0: You know, I think it's funny, honestly, that people do it that way. I'm not the kind of, I don't operate with that kind of structure. I'm an artist, you know? And, And that's just, so I'm constantly, it's my mode you know, obviously I'm not sitting all the time thinking about, you can't be in your rear view mirror all day. You have to look through the the front window too. But so, you know, but it's just, for me, it's not something I ever have to think about. It's so natural for me. Um, It's so much a part of who I am. So I don't know that I'm even the best person to give advice on that because it just happens. I just think about it, but I can say that it's beneficial. I can say that if you're not doing it, that you should get in the practice of it, even if it means that you do need to structure that and set some time aside for that every day until it comes naturally to you. But if you are moving forward every day and you're not thinking back, not just in your business, but in your personal life, maybe more importantly, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're not thinking back on things that have happened and making sense of them, if you're just sweeping things under the rug, leaving things open-ended and moving forward and moving forward, you're leaving a trail of wreckage behind you um, You got to go back and tidy those things up. And you'd be amazed how much more intention and direction and focus you'll have and how
1: much more calculated you'll be in the step that you take next. So talking about moving forward, you know, and a little bit more about your, your, your business endeavors yeah. and journey, obviously you had a, a, a great successful sale and exit in 2021 with the packaging company. Yeah. But that, that thing was clipping at a, at a nice rate, nice speed. Yeah. yeah. Why, why did you sell? Um, and you know, how did that evolve into, you know, what we see today with Mm. ZipFox?
0: Yeah. So, you know, we were basically importing packaging for food and pet food companies from China and shipping it to, uh, you know, these companies in the U S and Canada. Um, so I looked at what happened when the trade war first started It hit us squarely. We were paying 25% import taxes on everything that was coming in. And I tried to find, like many other people, I tried to find a way out, an alternative to China. And you go back to Alibaba and you're searching for packaging factories and you realize everything there, almost down to the core, is China. There Mm -hmm. aren't really any alternatives there, which was really funny because. I, like probably many other people, always thought about Alibaba as a global marketplace. But I realized then that no, the extent of it is mostly China. It's a China marketplace. Yep. You can't even find like other Asian countries much on China. You're not even going to find Vietnam or, you know, anything mm-hmm. else there. So, India, not very much, very little. So, I'm Googling, I'm trying to find a factory somewhere and it's just feeling very uncharted. How do I know who these people are? How do I interact with them? They're not really set up for this either. So the communication is weird. How would I pay them safely? It's just, it all felt very risky and dangerous and not figured out. And then I started thinking about Mexico because we were in a very time-sensitive industry. People need their packaging quickly so they can package their orders and ship them out. And So every customer was always, when is my packaging coming, you know? And importing from China takes a long time. So I had a customer who had left us to go to Mexico to get their packaging from Mexico. And so, because it was faster. And I thought in that moment, while well, if it's not figured out, if I don't have this easy way to go find a factory, then I might as well look anywhere. And if I'm going to look anywhere, why not Mexico? And then that idea sent me down this thought path where I said, wait a minute. Not only do we have a free trade agreement with Mexico, so I avoid this trade war stuff, it's not as risky. Delivery is way faster. So I could finally deliver quickly to my customers. This makes a lot of sense. Plus, if I need to visit my factory, it's just a couple hours. I could be there and back in the same day versus this huge journey to China and staying there and all this stuff. Mm, there's less language barrier, same time zone. So I don't have to wait, wait until the middle of the night to talk to them. So yep. it made sense for a lot of reasons. And so I started trying to look there. And To my surprise, there wasn't a sourcing platform for that either. There was nowhere that I could find this list of factories or suppliers in Mexico that I could easily interact with, reach out to them, make payments. There was none of that. And I was in disbelief. I mean, I searched and searched and searched thinking I must just not be finding it. But at some point, and this is a good tip for somebody who's evaluating a new business opportunity, first thing you should do is see who's out there already doing it. And or one of the first things you should do. And if you search and you search and you search and you don't find anybody doing it, you come to a point where you think, and maybe you've been at this point yourself, you come to a point where you think to yourself, even if there is somebody out there doing it, they're so hard to find that they don't matter, right? If there is somebody out there doing it, they're definitely not doing it on the scale where I should consider them, you know, competition or consider the opportunity already done or the market saturated. I can't even find you. So who gives a shit if you're there moving right along? And, uh, anyway, couldn't find anything. And then thinking about in the same moment, all these thoughts were kind of coming in the same little period of time. So I'm looking for a factory. I'm looking at Mexico. I'm getting excited about Mexico. I don't find a platform where I can find these suppliers. Same thing, trying to Google them. It's difficult. And then I start thinking about all the inadequacies of the platforms like Alibaba and global sources and made in China. And I start thinking about how dangerous they are and how risky they are and how I myself had been scammed by somebody who was a gold supplier on Alibaba and how that was just a subscription package literally designed to mislead people into thinking that these certain suppliers were more trustworthy, which not just indicates that these suppliers are not trustworthy, but that Alibaba has created a system. They're complicit in this scam to try to help mislead you. So what does that say about them to their core? Yeah. Um, I started thinking about the whole thing and I realized that not only do we need access to Mexico, we need access to the other countries in in Asia. We even need access to China in a way where we can trust who we're dealing with, not these hundreds of thousands of suppliers that some are factories, some are trading companies, some's just a guy with a laptop, but they all look the same. Yeah. We need transparency and we need diversity. And and I, and 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 we need a better platform, a safer platform to do this all on, and so uh, how could I not right? When you reach that point yeah. you're, you're this is, and this is the point where people get there and they go, ah, nah, and then they just go back to work and clock yep. in again right that's a lot of
1: that's a lot of work
0: that's a lot of work. Yeah. Am I up for this challenge? could it yep. work And I gotta yeah and they talk themselves out of it, right and I, and I don't, and one thing that I've really. Um, landed on that's helped me in times where I'm I'm not an indecisive person at all. I'm a very decisive person because um, I don't mind a bit of risk and I accept I expect a bit of failure along the way. So there's yep. nothing to be scared of. Yeah. In fact, when I get excited about something, what I say in my mind is like it's like I'm putting on my gloves, my mouthpiece. I'm like, all right, let's go get beat up. You know, yep. like it's time. So. But one thing that I've started to think about whenever I am indecisive about anything is I think about 75, 80 year old me, if I'm you know, blessed enough to live a long life, whatever, I think about me on my deathbed and I'm reflecting back on my life and I'm thinking about everything that I did and I'm thinking about this moment, this moment that I had this idea to create the world's first truly global product sourcing marketplace, to create a better way for businesses to connect with each other, to source products to create opportunities for the hardworking people in Mexico and all these other countries that have manufacturing capabilities, but don't have access to the U S market or the global market to sell their goods, to create this thing that could be so impactful to so many people around the world. And if I were to walk away from that, because it's easier to just go back to running my little business and growing it, you know, hundred percent year over year and making my little, um, and, and that oftentimes helps me make a decision. What would I think about it? I would much rather be that 80-year-old, 80 85, 90, who knows how old, right? But I'd rather be on my deathbed thinking back on that great idea and saying, I tried and I failed, but shit, I gave them hell. Yep. I would rather think that. I can laugh at that, but I'll be tormented by what could have been. If I think back about this life changing, world changing idea that I had that I left alone, and I, or I, I abandoned the idea because I was scared, I couldn't live with myself for that. So that's for me what I use to make decisions whenever I'm on the fence. And hopefully, somebody can, you know, I've shared that before and it seems to help other people. So it's, hopefully, somebody that's, can use
1: that too. that's so good. I, it's very similar to when people ask me, What is my definition of success? I say, When I'm on my deathbed and I'm looking in the rear view mirror of my life playing out behind me. It's not how much money I have. It's not how many accolades or articles I was written up in. It is. Can I say, damn, that was a hell of a fucking ride. That's it, bro. Like Did that. You take that to me, right, shop? is like you know. I, I, I grew up playing basketball. Hoops yeah. was my sport, and you know there was there was one thing that <clears throat> my coach used to always say was, you know winning isn't everything but wanting to win is and making sure that you leave it all out on the floor every single day is what allows you to live with whatever the result is that's it bro and so like when you said that you know to me my i was like dan that's he's speaking to my soul because that ultimately i think is what you know in terms of entrepreneurs i think a lot of people in the beginning are motivated by money Yeah. Then, like you said, once you kind of get those those basic needs, necessities, Mm -hmm. security, you know, Mm -hmm. core human, uh, you know, hierarchy of needs met, then it just becomes like, I just want to know that I left it all out on the floor in the game of life. And and I know that's what you're doing, that's and it, and and I know a lot of people are going to be very inspired listening to your story. And we've only covered a sliver of it today. I think we might, <laughs> have have my, have my brother back on for round two. Cool, man. For those that want to know more about you know ZipFox, what you're doing, because this platform is badass and it is yeah, thanks, amazing. Man.
0: Yeah.
1: And and I I I mean I I think we might be talking to you know uh, the next multi billionaire here with what thanks, you got bro. going on. Where can they learn more about you? Where can they learn more about the platform and, you know, connect with all the great stuff that you got going on?
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. I would love to come back on anytime. It's been amazing talking with you. Really connected and like genuinely, (laughs) like I really, really like you, man. Agreed. Um, So zipfox.com, if you're looking for products, if you're looking for alternatives to China, um, you can search for any product. We've got suppliers. We have the most suppliers in Mexico of any website. We're adding Colombia, Central America, South America next, adding Asia. We are building a truly global product sourcing marketplace where you know who you're dealing with. You have payment protection. It's safe. We're based in the US, all these great things. So check it out. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me directly, uh, rain, R-A-I-N-E at zipfox.com. You can find me on You know, Instagram at rainmati or any of that stuff. But yeah, um, but I definitely recommend, especially if you are in a product business, that you get yourself an alternative to China. If you're sourcing all your products in China, you've got to get an alternative because you don't know what's going to happen next in the dot plot between the US and China. You can save some money, you can alleviate some risk, you can get faster delivery. It's definitely something that everybody should be looking at. And a lot of people are. So. Yeah.
1: Well, we will be sure to link up all the handles, all the socials, all the websites right at com on Rain's episode. Rain, it was great connecting with you today, bro. Thanks for coming on the show. Wonderful, Matty. See you again soon, brother. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. And if you did, all I ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, whereby doing so, you're also going to get entered in to win a $100 gift card. Don't forget to share this episode out with somebody else that may need to hear it or may get some value from what was talked about in today's interview. And for those of you who are really looking to accelerate your wealth building journey, you wanna unlock more financial freedom, you wanna get more time back, or maybe you just wanna level up your life, your business, your finances, Be sure to head over to MillionaireMindcast.com and check out all the amazing products and resources that we have for our Millionaire Mindcast family, whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, downloads and checklists, the rich life planner for those of you looking to take your goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great, valuable tools. So be sure to check those out at millionairemindcast.com. And last but not least, if you're not on my weekly text letter and you want to be the first to know of exclusive updates and offers in addition to behind the scenes access to a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, that I'm investing in, be sure to join by texting the word notes to 844-447-1555. With that being said, thanks for listening today. Until next time, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.